Hello out there, science nerds. You're listening to Evolving with Mr. V, a weekly podcast that covers the week that was in AP dual credit biology and much more. I'm your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, and this is officially episode 23, week 23 of the 2019-2020 school year. In this week's podcast, we will recap the week of February 10th through February 14th in AP dual credit biology and look forward to the coming week as well. Spoiler for the week, FRQ on Tuesday, and multiple choice exam on Wednesday. In this week's second segment, with the upcoming exam, I'll give some study tips and hints for the upcoming FRQ and multiple choice exam covering chapters 12, 13, and 17. And in our final segment, I'll give my version of the State of the Union with the State of the Podcast segment, giving you an update on the progress of the Evolving with Mr. V podcast. Now, before we begin this podcast, we need to hear from our sponsor in a segment I call Mr. V Needs Some New Podcast Equipment. This episode is brought to you by Crossing Over. Hey, are you feeling like you're just part of the crowd? Are you wearing Vans old school or checkerboard shoes with a pair of jeans or leggings and an oversized shirt? Are you feeling like a clone with no individuality? Are you longing to finally break out and stand out? Well, you can with Crossing Over. That's right, crossing over will give you that variation that will make you stand out in your family, population, and species. So let your chromosomes synapse and see crossing over lead to a lot of the variation between you and the masses of clones at Johnson High. So break out of the old crowd and stand out with crossing over. Crossing over occurs in prophase 1 of meiosis 1 with anywhere from 1 to 3 crossing events occurring per chromosome. And we're back. So let's go ahead and hit that reliable rewind button and review the week that was in AP dual credit biology. This week in class, our main focus was to explore and learn all about the special type of cell division that gives rise to gametes, sex cells, called meiosis. So let's go ahead and highlight some of the main lecture points during this discussion and exploration. Now, let's begin by reviewing some important terminology when it comes to the process of meiosis. And first up, karyotype, which is an image, a photo of all the chromosomes of a single cell ordered from largest to smallest. Now, in a karyotype, we see that the chromosomes come in pairs called homologous chromosomes. Chromosomes that are the same size, have the same centromere position, the same banding pattern, along with the same genes. Now, the chromosomes are homologous because one of the chromosomes is a maternal chromosome inherited from your mom's side, and the other is a paternal chromosome inherited from your dad's side. Now, in a human karyotype of a normal somatic cell, there will be 46 chromosomes coming in 23 pairs. Chromosome pairs 1 through 22 are known as autosomes, and the last pair, pair number 23, are called the sex chromosomes, which determine the gender of the organism. Now, females will have a homologous pair for their sex chromosomes, two X chromosomes, XX, where males will have an X and a Y chromosome, where the Y is not homologous to the X. It is considerably shorter than the X and does not share any genes found on the X chromosome. Now, besides being able to determine gender from a karyotype, you can also diagnose chromosomal abnormalities or mutations like having extra or missing chromosomes. 
Two other terms to review, diploid and haploid cells. Now, diploid refers to cells with two sets of chromosomes, 2N, one paternal and one maternal set. For a human, this would be a somatic cell with 46 chromosomes, two sets of 23. A haploid cell is one with only one set of chromosomes, N, a mix of maternal and paternal chromosomes. This would be 23 chromosomes in a human gamete cell. Now, with some essential terminology, out of the way, let's recap the process of meiosis and start with a human diploid germ cell found in the gonads in interface with 46 chromosomes. Now, the cell will duplicate its DNA, its chromosomes, in the S phase. Now, some might think that after this, the cell will have 92 chromosomes, but it does not. Still 46 chromosomes. But know this, each chromosome is now composed of two identical sister chromatids. So you could say they now have 92 chromatids. Next, the diploid germ cells enter meiosis 1, where the objective is to split homologous chromosomes away from each other, where the first stage, prophase 1, where the nucleus and nucleolus dissolve away, the centrosomes move to opposite sides of the cell, and microtubules or spindle fibers attach to the homologous chromosomes at the centromere position. Then, we have the majority of the differences between meiosis and mitosis, where in prophase 1, one, the homologous chromosomes pair up maternal and paternal chromosomes and form a tetrad or synapsis where they exchange portions of each other in events called crossing over. This results in chromosomes no longer just containing maternal or paternal genes, but now a mix with a maternal chromosome now having paternal genes mixed in and vice versa with the paternal chromosome as well. This will result in genetic variation the genetic variation we see in our family, in our populations, and our species. Next, the homologous pairs of chromosomes line up in the middle or the equator of the cell in metaphase 1. Then, in anaphase 1, homologous chromosomes are pulled apart from each other. Not sister chromatids, only the homologous chromosomes are pulled apart and start to move to opposite sides of the cell. In telophase 1, cytokinesis 1, the cell splits into two cells with half the number of chromosomes, 23. So at the end of meiosis 1, we have gone from a diploid cell to a haploid cell. However, the two haploid cells have chromosomes still consisting of sister chromatids. Now in meiosis 2, the objective is to separate sister chromatids away from each other. So this will resemble mitosis, except two cells will be going through this process. Now, a key point to remember, no interphase, no duplication of chromosomes between meiosis 1 and meiosis 2. The cell goes directly into prophase 2, where spindle fibers or microtubules attach to the chromosomes at the centromere position. Then, the chromosomes, 23 of them, line up in the equator of the cell in metaphase 2. Then, sister chromatids are pulled apart from each other in anaphase 2 
And the key thing to remember is that once they are pulled apart, they are no longer sister chromatids, but now individual chromosomes. Then the two cells enter telophase 2 cytokinesis 2, where they both split, resulting in four cells that are haploid, 23 chromosomes, and genetically different from each other and the parent germ cell that they arose from. And now these cells will mature to either four sperm cells or egg cells waiting for their chance for fertilization. So to recap, it takes two divisions, meiosis 1 and meiosis 2, to go from a diploid germ cell to four haploid gamete cells. And that was our main concept we discussed during the week. Make sure to strengthen your content knowledge by reading chapter 13 from your online textbook on masteringbiology.com. Now let's recap the main activities and events for the week. On Tuesday, we demonstrated our knowledge over cell cycle regulation and cancer with our quiz, which students got back on Friday. On Wednesday, we supported our knowledge on the differences between mitosis and meiosis with a comparing of the two types of cell divisions using picture cards to set up both processes and then answering questions over the two types of reproduction. If you missed this activity, make sure that you make it up as soon as possible. On Thursday, students finally got to show their clamation videos over cell division, mitosis, and cytokinesis. And color me impressed, some great solid work and definitely some videos caught my eye and are in that running for the Oscar Award for Best Mitosis Climation Video. Nominees for each class will be revealed soon. And that, my AP Biologist Scientist, was the week that was an AP Dual Credit Biology. Remember to go to your Periods and Modo Climation post and like your favorite mitosis video. The one with the most likes will probably win the nomination for your class period. And now for our second segment, secrets, tips, and hints for the upcoming FRQ and multiple choice exam over chapters 12, 13, and 17. Shh, secrets. First, here's your hint for the FRQ on Tuesday. Make sure you're comfortable with the process of going from a DNA gene, a segment, all the way to the amino acid chain. Make sure you know which strand is used by RNA polymerase 2 to create messenger RNA. Shh, it's the template. Then be able to figure out the tRNA anticodons that will base pair with the codons on the mRNA on the ribosome. And finally, be able to translate the mRNA codons, not anticodons, to the correct amino acid sequence. Another hint or piece of advice, know the process eukaryotic cells have to go through with their pre-mRNA before it exits the nucleus. Shh, RNA processing. Adding that 5' cap, poly A tail, introns out, joining exons by the spliceosome made up of SNRPs. Another hint for the FRQ, be able to compare the differences we see between mitosis and meiosis. Shh, be able to describe at least three differences between them. 
some other tips and advice, make sure you can look at a karyotype and determine gender of the individual and any possible chromosomal mutations, like maybe having extra chromosomes or missing chromosomes. Also know some information about trisomy 21, Down syndrome, which is in your notes. Another hint, make sure you truly understand how CDK and cycling work in regulating and promoting cell division. Go back and review diagrams and questions on previous quizzes to ensure good understanding. One last bit of advice, make sure you can spot chromosomal mutations like deletions, inversions, translocations, and duplications if given a diagram of various images of these chromosomal mutations. Now this just in, there will be an emergency review session for the FRQ and multiple choice exam on Monday from 3.45 to 4.20 p.m. in room E211. The cost is free and attendance is not mandatory. So if you are seeking some help, please attend. This message will self-destruct in three seconds. And now for our final segment, a state of the podcast report, where I'll report the health of the podcast and its future. And I am glad and ecstatic to report that the state of the Evolving with Mr. V podcast is strong. Now, while listenership can always be higher, each episode averages about 200 plays, which is not bad at all considering I have only 166 students enrolled in my classes. My highest played episode is number 10 with 260 plays covering cells and cell organelles. The podcast has an estimated audience of about 190 listeners with over 4,800 total plays for the podcast with most audience members about 46 listening on podcasts on Apple Podcasts and 42% listening on Spotify. Now, 95% of the audience is from the United States with the majority in Texas, 86%, but it also has listeners in California, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New York, Montana, Maryland, and several other states. It is even listened to by individuals outside the United States, like in India, France, Sweden, Turkey, the Netherlands, Canada, Hong Kong, Germany, Brazil, Norway, Iran, Hungary, United Kingdom, Argentina, Portugal, and the United Arab Emirates. So that's pretty cool. But I'm thinking they probably are just listening for a while and then figure out it's not what they're probably looking for. But still, pretty neato that the podcast reaches beyond the U.S. border. In addition, the podcast always ranks in the top 100 podcasts in the category of life sciences, with the highest ranking being number 5, but usually being ranked around 50 to 70 in the rankings. 
Now, as for the future of the podcast, more interviews with current and former students will be added to the podcast, along with content that will assist students who will be taking the AP exam in May. Also, remember, I'm always looking for feedback from the audience on what you like about the podcast and what you don't like. What would you like me to change, add, or delete from the podcast? So please give me some feedback, no matter if it's negative. Remember, I could take the criticism, but just remember that I do have a very particular set of skills, skills that I have acquired over a very long career, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. So I will find you and teach you how to spell myostantin, that mutation that allows muscles to grow beyond their limits. And that is my report for the state of the podcast. Now for a couple of reminders for the week. No school on Monday for you all, but there will be a review session, 345 to 420 in E211 for the chapter 12, 13, and 17 exam. Remember, FRQ will be on Tuesday, multiple choice part of the exam on Wednesday. Make sure to check out previous podcasts to help you review. You can start from episode 20 to this present episode to help you be more successful on the exam. Well, that brings us to an end of episode 23, week 23 of Evolving with Mr. V. I hope you found this podcast informative and somewhat entertaining. I want to thank Free Music Archive and Sound Bible for the music and sound effects on the podcast. This podcast was written, produced, and recorded by Velasquez Productions. Once again, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast on your podcast listening platform. Feel free to email me at ovelas at nisd.net with any comments or feedback. And remember to follow me on Twitter at APBiologyMrV. Also, follow the podcast on the new Instagram page, Evolving with Mr. V, and help me get that verified status. Well, this is your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, signing off and reminding Reminding you to please, please, for your professor's sake, study for this exam. 